The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. episode of On The Rag. I'm having a rage attack, but that's just me. Um, joined, as always, by the wonderful Leonie Hayden. Kia Now a spin-off employee. Are we allowed to announce that? Yeah, it's too why late. not? She's in the building all the freaking time. Full time, and not just because she's in an office next door. Nope. She's actually in our precinct. And in a spin- uh, bloody, what's this called? On The Rag first is <laughs> Madeline Chapman. Talofa. Who is also going to be producing today um, and eating munchkins at the same time. Yeah, so, so if it sounds shit, that's, that's why. It's all right. You can only have one or the other. And I prefer the good chat, so yeah, don't need to hear it. Mads has had to sit here silently producing our <laughs> podcast and absorbing our <laughs> shit so she knows such a long time. Now she gets to come out from behind the soundboard. She knows how mm-hmm. it goes. Um, so we are eating munchkins today and having some small bottles of Prosecco. Tiny. Oh, how much is in this? It's a, I would say it's one and a bit standard drinks. I'm already nearly at the bottom, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Um, We, and the reason I bring up these these brand names is because (laughs) (laughs) because we are now Sal's sponsor. Um, Lovely people at Bon, the contract is finished with them. So I'm going to start the podcast with a slightly desperate plea. If anyone out there likes what we're doing and wants to support what we do or would like us to read out an ad about your mattress cover <laughs> or, or whatever it is that the yeah. fancy podcast... Is that what they do in the fancy podcast? Yeah, the mat- a lot of mattresses. <laughs> a lot of mattresses, a lot of Squarespace web design. Squarespace. Meundies. Meundies. Bono- Bonobos. They get a lot. All of Cloth- those. Online clothing. Yeah. But... um. We're going to start with Dunkin' Donuts, if anyone from there is listening. <laughs> yeah. um, that would be really good, but yeah. otherwise, it's all good. We're we can still... just think of all kinds of ways of seamlessly <laughs> blending your product into our, into our podcast. It's delicious. Special limited edition Jaffa <laughs> Munchkin. We've been, we've been raving about it. Um, anyway, so where do we want to start? It's been a, it's been a month, right? Mm. It's, it's been, it was quiet, and then I feel like just in the past week, even on the spin-off, we've all had... Um, kind of to deal with <laughs> big blow-ups that have happened about pieces yeah, we, we have written, yeah. about things to do with women or bad men or a combination of the two. Mm. Uh, so should we start with Mads, maybe? Because mm-hmm. yours was the first, yeah, <laughs> which was the piece that you wrote about Alan Duff's uh, great column, The Herald. <laughs> yes. Great slash great. rambly piece of... Just not making sense. In any yeah. in any way. It wasn't even it was just it was like it wasn't even good enough to be described as a stream of consciousness. It no. was just like it was like a, a, a random um word simulator kind of. <laughs> it's like a bot. It's a mad lib. <laughs> a dust, just, dust yeah. bot. And if you don't know what we're talking about, Alan Duff, who is a regular columnist for the Herald, yep. right? Once yep. a week. And of course, you know, award-winning author of, of course. Uh, Once Were Warriors and What Becomes mm-hmm. of the Broken Hearted. Um, wrote a column. So keep in mind those those titles, but also keep in mind the title, Shrieking is No Laughing Matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good title. I don't know who came up with it, but it's good. 
Uh, we basically went on kind of just a long rant about um, women who laugh too loud, I think. Is that, is. that kind of what you got from it? Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of different readings of it. I don't know, Mad, what, what was your the thing that struck you first? It was more just, uh, well, I mean, I sort of sympathised just like a 1%. Um, because he has like a column, like a regular column. And I feel like if I had to write about something regularly and have a strong opinion on something every week, I would start resorting to just like, this little shit walked across, you know, in front of me on the street. And now here's 800 words about why that's bad. So I feel like he just did that. He's a man with a a deadline and a word count and nothing to say. Mm. And then, you know, people say, well, use your real life. And he then... (laughs) <laughs> sort of took like four separate incidences from his real life that didn't really have anything to do with each other and managed to, well, he didn't really manage, but he just chucked them in together, talking to a cleaner, being on the train, being at a bar. They were all completely separate I things. Just attributing really wild things to like these strange characters in his column, like how the Samoan cleaner that he talked to was a proper Kiwi and like you know, yeah. and like rugby fans, it was just very strange. His idea of what makes a real Kiwi or a respectable person are, are quite strange. It's, it's very one, very one dimensional. Yeah. It's sort of the less you say to me, the more I like you. Like the less I know you exist, the yeah. more Kiwi you are, basically. Um, there's also, lest we forget, his comments on the quote-unquote, not hot TV oh, yeah. presenter. Oh, yeah, that's right. TV <laughs> presenters are getting too big for their boots. Just kind of halfway through, he just zigzags again yep. off somewhere else and starts talking about um, the way presenters get excited and use emotion. And, <laughs> and, and she laughs like, a lot. God damn laugh. it. And they were laughing about an anecdote that one of their colleagues had been voted for the hottest new presenter on television. Problem, colon, she is not hot. How did that get published? Anywhere. Yeah, it's really good. It's just also especially galling that they laid off so many great columnists from the Herald last year. Like Dita oh. Bunny and yeah. like they did that big, you know, like Cull. clean out. What's of the really problem though? They incredible were not hot. Like, experts. <laughs> <laughs> they just left this guy in there. But I guess Maybe they forgot about him. But I guess it's like when you read an opinion column, you want it to be a strong opinion. Like you don't want to read someone yeah. sort of just going, mm. mm, it's about right or maybe not, I don't know. So yeah. even if they're wrong, I think people want to just read, even if it's a yeah. train wreck of a strong opinion. And that was probably one of his most read columns ever, right? Because everyone's yeah. just sharing it going, what the fuck <laughs> yeah, is that exactly. bullshit? with this guy? And that, I guess, yeah. yeah, I guess it's like if he doesn't care that everyone thinks he's like got maybe the worst opinions ever, yeah. mm. and the Herald are like, well, they seem to be targeting him mostly, so we'll just rake in those clicks and move on yeah. whereas as an editor my problem is absolutely with the Herald and mm. not as much with Ellen Duff because I can excuse opinions that I don't agree with but I cannot excuse bad writing and despite <laughs> yeah. the fact that he's an award winning fiction author these are terribly written they are like they've been written by 16 year olds who don't know how to stick with a thread that don't know how to develop a narrative. It is shocking to me that this guy is a published author. And today's column that he published is uh, no better. Was it, was There's it like today or yesterday? There's like 16 different ideas. Mm, and then like in the ride. penultimate yeah. paragraph he mentions like that we'll have a new government soon. <laughs> and then that's the end of the... Like what the hell? Yeah, that one is a... I mean, worthy of the same level of outrage, but I haven't seen it thrown around as much so he basically no, wrote because, this long column yeah. complaining it's about the headline is just about long haul flights and everyone looks at the headline <laughs> oh. and goes oh i hate long haul flights yeah. too yeah, me I too me too Alan. i mean in this one though he's um he's swapped out uh <laughs> shrieking women for fat people yeah so he's basically annoyed that when his meal arrives <laughs> the fat person he's sitting next to's meal also arrives yeah. because he had been hoping that the fat person wasn't going to have <laughs> A meal, I suppose, in the hope that it would help them shrink slightly more during the so course of the flight. So their leg touching. So he wouldn't have to sit that, next to as yeah. much of a fat person as when he when they took off. It I is, don't even know. It's crazy. It's crazy. It is very <laughs> funny to have to be so sort of like I don't know, maybe confident in your influence that you think if you don't order a meal, 
the person next to you is going <laughs> to yeah. sense the sort of alpha Ooh. influence and be like, I also should yeah. not order a meal. And then also like through the magic of science, start like <laughs> Shrinking disappearing into under seat. their clothes, <laughs> leaving just their shoes behind. But what if it's like, maybe I can instill the idea that you can miss a meal, you know, and then this person <laughs> it just gets ingrained in their mind and they wander off with it. Making the world a better place. Yeah, like if I go for a run in front of this person, they're going to see me and then they're also (laughs) going to think, yes, I should also. He just starts slowly like lifting weights. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever thought? He puts on some sort of sports movie on on his his screen. Yeah, it's a. And this isn't the, the first or the last example of men getting giant platforms who might not necessarily uh, deserve them anymore. Uh, mm. Leone, you went to Chris Rock oh, at yeah. Spark Arena and you wrote about that as well. Yeah. So I've, how was um, that? Yeah, I it was a really strange experience. The last third, I guess, um, was either about or heavily influenced by a very bitter recent divorce Chris Rock has gone through. And... It's just, it's really weird when people decide to take those kinds of experiences and just apply them to everyone in the world instead of speaking about them like personal anecdotes. Mm. So this experience that he had gone through basically turned into all men act like this and all women act like this. And the thing that all women act like is gold diggers. And like, okay, so maybe because he's like a super rich dude and he only likes hot hot gold diggers, Mm. maybe that's his experience with women. (laughs) But he absolutely framed it like that was the universal experience of all men that they were only valued for their money and that women were these weird, shallow, manipulative, like bloodsuckers with no financial independence. It was so weird. And it was, Mm. you know, compounded by the fact that I spent a fucking $140 (laughs) on that ticket to be told that I just, like some guy probably gave it to me. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. really weird. It doesn't and sound very funny. It, no, and it yeah. just wasn't. And it was it definitely was the least funny. It sort of got less and less funny. <gasps> oh, yeah, because Mab was there um, as well. But the, yeah, the laughs weren't yeah. strong, right? Like No, and the, I was there. The laughs for the two opening acts were way stronger. And, mm-hmm. like, I, I mean, despite the, like, raging misogyny, like, I'm pretty sure that that's 100% true, right? Like, yeah. No, the, the, the first guy was very funny. I liked him. I missed him. Oh, he was really good. Yeah. Um, the Australian guy I saw. The, the Australian guy started off, like, a bit slow, and we were like, oh, here we go. And then by the <laughs> end of it, he was great. He was killing yeah. it. Yeah. And then Chris Rock started off great, and then that's just not how that's supposed to dropped work. off. Okay. No, it's not. Not for that much yeah. money. Yeah. But, like, I went with a bunch of my flatmates who were all guys my age. Yeah. And they were, like, absolutely loving the opener, loving the start. And then I was thinking, oh, because when they started joking about, like, women, they sort of did that joking, because they're all smart guys, so they sort of did that joking, like, oh, you know, am I right? You know, when he was joking (laughs) about women being, you know, whatever. And then after, like, five minutes, even they were kind of like, all right, like, we get it. It's getting a bit old. Yeah. So was, was anyone really, into it? I, I mean, I was surrounded oh, people, by yeah, people, people laughing. People were laughing. But also, you get into the habit of laughing once you get yeah. to mm. a live comedy show. Like, mm. you can leave later and be like, eh, that wasn't that good, but you still, like, laugh. You paid your money, you get a laugh. The whole time. <laughs> but I've been to, like, yeah, like, open mic nights that I laughed at harder than, you know, Chris Rock. Yeah, were you real lazy, I reckon. Were you still there when he said that line? You know these, like, takeaway lines that clearly is, like, a big sort of punch line, I guess, um, where he was like, guys, listen to me, you're all one job away from being single or something, which is basically like, if you don't have a job, no yeah. one, no woman's going <laughs> to no stay with a man you. if they, like, lose a job or something. Right. And it was just as weird, but it wasn't the other way around or anything. <laughs> yeah. It was just... It yeah. wasn't like everyone's one job away from being. It was no, like, yeah. no men. Yeah, you really keep, specific. You eh? keep that job. You ever wanted to oh. go quit, but then you remember that, you know, <laughs> you have to keep. It's just like, no. <laughs> and just really Gosh. insistent that, like, <coughs> it's good for couples to, like, have regular sex, <clears throat> but mostly just so that women either, A, have something to hold back if they need to punish their yeah. husbands or boyfriends. Because that's all they can offer. Yeah, that's the only reason for having sex yeah. is basically to keep a man in line. Mm. Like he really, like really tried to, you know, 
I was going to say ram that one home, but that's quite an inappropriate <laughs> phrase. But he just said it a lot. There were a lot mm. of jokes about like just... Yeah, there was a lot of that. Has he always been like this or is this just because he's like been burned recently and is I lashing think, out? I have no idea. Well, that's I what it, it avoided seems... him a little bit due to some other problematic stand-up I mm. saw like honestly like a decade ago. Yeah. But, you know, I've appreciated him other things. He's great in, as a zebra and <laughs> I guess Everybody Hates Chris was fine. I, I mean, I can't say I've ever watched it, but... It, well, there's always that thing with comedians where people say, say you can... Or even, like, leaders, you know, uh, like, activists and stuff. It's like, they'll be really good in one area and then quite bad in another area. Yeah, sure. Mm. Or, like, you know, someone be very good with woman diversity and all that but then oh they say something racist yeah, yeah. and then mm. vice versa and it's why like, is like why is why can't anyone just sort of not be <laughs> not be a douche yeah yeah and i mean i guess there is also i feel like there's a growing pressure on comedians to be like thought leaders in everything like yeah. people turn to them for mm-hmm. columns you know and all that yeah, kind of thing like yeah. now they're more they're in a different kind of role now and i definitely think like some of the ones that have been around the block a few times yeah Maybe aren't aren't ready for that kind of scrutiny and uh, not that yeah. not that they you know that doesn't excuse them saying terrible things but I also think they probably just you know they can just exist on this kind of platform above everyone else they're not yeah. checking Twitter they're not mm. checking the Facebook comments like we are <laughs> by the way Leone you Uh-oh. wrote your Chris Rock review yeah mm. um, I've been avoiding the comments so they're not good <laughs> I had a, I had a read not great. Comedy, um, comedy, comedy fans, in air quotes, are somehow, like, the most sensitive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, is it is it because that things that you find funny is quite close to your personality? I think so. And so people yeah, feel personally right. attacked so. if you, like, I think it's Because if you're like saying something, yeah. was, something is tasteless or not funny, then you're basically the people who like it. You're saying that to them as well. Yeah. Mm. And so if there's a lot of people that like Chris Rock then, and, and liked that show, then I'm basically saying to them... You're all sexist jerks. Yeah. Mm. When, you know, really the point of a review is just to, like, convey one person's experience. And I don't think it's unreasonable, as a modern woman, that I didn't enjoy having a rich dude yell at me about how all (laughs) I wanted was money from men. I don't think that's unreasonable. But also... I don't think it's funny. (laughs) The crazy thing is, like, even if they just read it as you going, this guy's being sexist, misogynist, and they, they can still accept that and still say, oh, well, I, I, I laughed at it. Yeah. You know, like, I thought it was funny, but actually, yeah, it probably was. You know, yeah. because mm. I laugh at shit I'm not supposed to laugh to <laughs> all the time, you know, so, yeah. but I'm not going to go out and, like, like defend or, it in public. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just, it's, there's a way of framing offensive shit that is it's still super offensive. Like, Sarah Silverman's jokes about abortion, like, mm. I'm not precious about that because she... There's just a way that, that people make themselves the punchline, and that's the mm. problem I had with Chris Rock is he doesn't, he never makes himself the punchline because the ego is too big. Yeah. Mm. So it's not, I'm the, not like yeah. sitting there super ready to be offended by any means, although I'm sure that lots of people who read that review think that I am, and I'm just fucking not. I just, I don't like people who don't know how to laugh at themselves because I just don't think that that's what comedy is. I think comedy mm-hmm. is where like. And and I do think jokes about abortion can be funny. Yeah. And like you know, I was still on board when he was making jokes about like punching black kids in the face as mm. well. Even though I thought even some of his race jokes are a little bit like lazy and like Dave Chappelle doesn't better and mm. you know I don't know. I mean you can't. I I did think one of the comments that someone left was um was something like if you don't like jokes. Don't go to a comedy show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or if you still like, haven't figured it out, it's a comedy show, not a church sermon. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know about you, but it felt actually like yeah. I was being preached at. Yeah. So you can direct that comment at fucking Chris Rock <laughs> and not me. Uh, and that brings us very nicely to some more angry comedy fans. <laughs> uh, which... Fans of Seven Days in this country are livid. Not just fans, also people on the show, about a story that the spinoff published. Where basically all we did was point out some data that the Seven Days Twitter account had published themselves. Um, they had gone through all the panellists, all the regular panellists, and done a kind of a tally chart about who was on the most successful 
team uh, the most. And they do that in air quotes because it's all made up and the points are like, yeah. you get a million, you get nothing. Anyway, so there was also some other interesting data in that table that was kind of <laughs> a lot more interesting than who was winning, um, which was how many women they've had on the show and how often within what they consider the, these regular appearances. Uh, so we at the spin-off crunched some numbers, took it to the data lab. Made some graphs. <laughs> Made some real bad graphs, <laughs> redid them, <laughs> and passed them on to Mad because I couldn't figure out how to change the colour. And then we got the maths wrong, and then we redid them again. <laughs> and we checked it all, and then we published it. And it's kind of, everyone kind of lost their minds a bit at us because it basically turned out to be, of all the appearances that were on that on that table, uh, women came out at 16.1% of the total. So that is an incredibly bad statistic <laughs> for a show where, what, they have six, seven, seven people a night. Um, and, you know, I watch Seven Days Frequently and there will only be one woman, if you're lucky. Yeah. I'm sure there have been one on each team before, but that's, they're lucky. that's a rarity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but the internet didn't take to it very well. Uh, as far as we were concerned, we were just pointing out something that was, it was the funniest thing as well, because it's something that we already know. Like, it's not yeah. like, shock, horror, there <laughs> yeah. aren't many women on seven days. It was just like, oh, we yeah. actually have some data now. Yeah. You thought From you the were show seeing itself. woman. Yeah. <laughs> but really, <laughs> there's another man. Yeah. Uh, and people, the, the top comment on this Facebook page, and I am really sorry if you don't like us going through comments, but I think it's like... <laughs> It's quite telling because I think sometimes you can get sucked into this world where you're like, oh, yeah, everything's great and everything's fine. Yeah, and that's we're, true. We're doing really well. And then you just see how much vitriol there is out there. And the subtext of all of these comments is that these people just don't like women because they say that there's the classic comments about female comedians and people saying, oh, spinoff, going to do an article about how there's no woman in the All Blacks. Oh, yeah. And that's got like a <laughs> hundred likes. And it's like, just... It's, it's really a, stupid. A, quite a dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's just quite a dumb sentence to write. Yeah, it's, it's it doesn't make any sense. It's a self-owned, and he doesn't even know. I also like am still. I get very surprised, kind of on a daily basis. Like the spinoff since it was born, as you know, a humble TV review site. Mm. You've been on it from on the spinoff, writing for the spinoff since the beginning, Alex. Mm -hmm. How are there people following the spinoff on social media? that don't expect the spinner to take this stance on absolutely anything when it comes yeah. to do, when it comes to women. Like, I mean, that's why yeah. on the rag exists and you've always had that voice on the site. You're, you have always called stuff like this out from the beginning of time. Mm. So why are there hundreds of people following the spinner on Facebook who find that weird or shocking? Maybe they've been asleep. I don't yeah. Know. Or it's like new, new fans who follow because of one article that, I don't know, could be anything that's just not mm. yeah. a feminist article. And then they True. think that the whole site is that. And then suddenly, it's I've done that before. I read yeah, one right. article and then I follow something. I'm like, mm. Mm, I don't like the rest of this. And mm. then I unfollow. That but. is really interesting. I mean, and I guess, you know, the Herald, everything has the same problem of a, a site's representation now is mostly through social media, yeah. I reckon. Like most people aren't visiting the homepage of the spinoff. We know that. Mm. So it's the posts that go big or go viral or get a lot of engagement that people start to see mm -hmm. which is why maybe a lot of these people haven't seen this before or only see the quote-unquote feminazi coverage and have just <laughs> absolutely had it up to here uh, all but, these women and talking also, <laughs> as if they have the right <laughs> shut up 16.1 percent it's too much I yeah mean, it's the same as the Population of women, right? Oh, oh. no, it's fucking not. So it's there's quite a lot less. There's just been some amazing arguments ranging from people who are just like, it's because women aren't funny. You can't get a female comedian <laughs> 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 who can make you laugh. You're like, don't say comedian. <laughs> First off, <laughs> number one. So it goes from that end of the scale to people who also crunch the numbers, people who yeah. have like downloaded the friggin'. <laughs> all the registered comedians in New Zealand and compared the data and been like, actually, it's very representative. And it's like, where do you register to be a comedian? I don't know, the guild. It, it, it I think the site was literally like comedy.co.nz. <laughs> <laughs> comedians A to Z. <laughs> I mean, Laughs. I appreciate com. the effort. Yeah. I appreciate the effort, but also that's... That doesn't mean that that doesn't matter. Like, yeah. <laughs> Because the thing is, if, if seven days... 
you know, they said seven days is a launching pad for so many comedians. Well, then it would make sense that if you only have 16% women, then the yeah, comedy then scene is going to be 16% women. Launch. Exactly. Yeah. And as um, Michelle, who's not here with us today, pointed out to us, like you only get good at stuff by doing stuff. Mm. You can only be good at being a comedian by, by doing comedy, and you can only be good at being a comedian on television, on a panel show, if someone puts you on television on your panel show. Mm. So, like, you know, for that reason, things like quotas are a really good idea because it's not so much about who's available as your intentions for your product, in this case, mm. the product being seven days. Like, totally. if you think you are some kind of industry leader, then fucking in- lead your industry. Mm. And also, I, I just think about all the, like, any young woman out there thinking about getting into comedy who will see, you know the lack of women on that show and then see these comments and that's the part that makes me feel real bad about running these kinds of stories when this kind of vitriol comes out and imagine what that would do to you just seeing that many people go oh it's actually fine because you only need one because they're too screechy (laughs) Ellen Duff yeah (laughs) and all that kind of (laughs) good callback that's a a comedy thing right there comedy thing (laughs) um yeah it's just been an interesting and instructive uh, week I think for for that kind of backlash and just seeing we're just nowhere near done with this with this work yet <laughs> and when I say work I mean just literally existing mm-hmm. <laughs> and being and yeah. daring to do things uh yeah I hope to see more women on seven days because it's kind of people say you know there has been talk on Twitter about another female lead panel show for example but that only lasted one season, and Seven Days has been going for, what, nine, eight or nine years now. Like, that is an institution, and you do yeah. have a responsibility. You can't just be like, oh, it's just our blokey Friday night. Mm. It's like, that's it's trailing straight off Graham Norton. Who's not watching that shit, you know? Yeah, like, totally. And also, like, loads of Michelle also uh, sent us an email with a couple of points about Seven Days, and she had said that, especially in the early days, it was really massive with middle-aged women. And so... I mean, why not make it more representative of the people who are watching? Yeah. Why not just broaden your audience a bit more? I don't know. Yeah, it seems like, especially now, people who watch Seven Days and have watched it for eight years, they know what it is. And mm. I feel like they're going to be very forgiving, forgiving and like, that we have to actually use that word, if suddenly there were two women on the show <laughs> yeah. one week. I think they, they would be able to handle out in their yeah. hundreds of thousands and leave you yeah. hanging. Yeah, like, oh, exactly. we, we killed the show. We knew this would happen if two women were allowed to be on it. Yeah, so we'll just mm. keep tabs on that. But numbers don't lie, mm-hmm. and we stand by what we published. Yeah, <laughs> as doctors of math. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the BBC has quotas for um, women on their panel shows now. Mm-hmm. And really, they are more popular than ever. Yeah. Learn something. Mm. Got to sell the CC and dry though. Is that still their sponsor? Maybe it's <laughs> some kind of pie now. I don't know. <laughs> Woman like pies too. Uh, should we change tact a bit? Has anyone got any cool tips for the month? Oh, shoot. Shoot. Oh, you didn't mention this before. I would have thought about it. I put it. it in the dock. Oh, sorry. <laughs> As you can see, I do not have the dock on me. Because um, if you don't, I have a conundrum to put to you. Okay. Go ahead, um, go ahead, Colin. So you, we're all we're all writers here. We've all interviewed people before. Mm. Um, I did a interview series recently in Wellington, um, and part of doing that involved me having a photographer, which I've never done before. I've never had that as a situation when you're interviewing oh, someone yeah. and being photographed at the same time. It was totally cool. He was a really cool guy. It was all great. And I want to stress that it was a great experience. I just want to flag this as something that happened, not like a call out, just a, oh, okay. Um, every single interview without fail, me talking to my subject and the photographer over there snapping pictures, the subject would start talking to the photographer. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's not good, right? <laughs> and it's I not had great. to, I, I felt like I had to physically, um, broaden myself and also do like weird little, I developed cause it happened the first couple of times and I was like, oh, Okay. Maybe everyone's, because everyone in Wellington is so super nice as well, that I thought maybe it was just everyone trying to be inclusive and and whatever. And that could have been it. So I just wondered, like, if you've ever experienced anything like that. Because I genuinely felt like I had to sometimes fight back for, fight to get the attention back to me. And even just, like, 
making a, like going blah blah and like getting attention back. <laughs> Loud noises, look at me. <laughs> yeah. And had the the photographer like gone and and talked with the subject before you did? Or yeah. like as in the, uh, right. Yeah. yeah. And that was even another thing that I, I realized. I experienced that same thing on yeah. photo shoots. Right. Because I've at Mana I only worked with like a handful of photographers and they were all men. Mm-hmm. And that happened quite a lot because I would same thing I'd quite often do the interview while they're being photographed yeah but that happens to friends of mine that just work in like totally different industries as well like if there's a meeting like a, a friend of mine who works in the music industry told me about this like years ago now where you know she had an intern at this young guy that was working with her so she's like you can sit in on my meetings for the week whoever it's with mm. and every single person she had a meeting with just started talking to the intern they just can't you know like the <laughs> And like the intern yeah. barely said a word, but yeah. the, in, the the interest and the attention just automatically went straight to the guy in the room, even though it was mm. a meeting that she had organised and was leading. Yeah, I really, I really felt that. And and like you say, when we would meet them for the first time, I had to be really conscious of putting myself in front of him, like and like literally puffing myself up like a yeah. pigeon. Like I must yeah. have looked really <laughs> weird. But I was like, hello, it's me. <laughs> like trying to be the big because he's, you know, he was like a tall man and I'm just like a little idiot. Yeah. But um yeah, it was just something I've never encountered before and it was a new Yeah, that's you know, you're trying to interview someone but you're also conscious of this the drift that's happening. <laughs> and I, at first I thought it was just like the first couple of people for some reason, but it was men and women, everyone. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. Well, I do know why, but. <laughs> and it didn't even get in the way of my work, you know. Yeah. That's the thing with these kind of really subtle things yeah. that happen is it's not even reason to complain. And if I was to bring it up with either person, I'd have no idea what I'd even say. Yeah. I would sound, you know, if I was like, don't talk to each other, please. <laughs> <laughs> don't look at him. Look at him. They'd be like, okay, you need to calm down. <laughs> but honestly, by by the last interview, I was kind of quite racked mm, up about mm. it. Because well, you were expecting it as well. Yeah, and then you're like, like oh, and, and there it happens. goes, and now they're talking about surfing, and now I'm just <laughs> sitting here with my recorder, like, doing nothing. Did you do um, the, like, I like ball sports too? <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested in the sports. <laughs> no, I just did, like, my real professional thing, which is just to retreat inwards and get really moody. <laughs> Don't talk to anyone, which is hard during Wait, an interview. Do you have any more questions? No. No. <laughs> Not anymore. Didn't have any anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. If you've if you've experienced something similar, as Leo already said, I don't doubt this happens just constantly. Constantly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've experienced that. <laughs> and it's weird when you are already naturally quite shy. Mm. To have to, yeah, do that, you have to find ways to pretend to not be as shy as you are. Yeah. Or pretend, and in your case, it was to try and make yourself big, bigger and taller. <laughs> so strange. Mm. Um, I have not had that, although I had one thing that happened. I mean, this just popped into my head as the only thing I could think of that's even <laughs> remotely close to that. But when I used to apply for jobs on student job search, and they would have these one-off jobs, which always paid the best, and were just one day, so it's perfect. And I would be sitting at home, not going to lectures, just refreshing student job search to be the first one to see the ads when they popped up. Oh, yeah. And this one came up that was like, need help painting a house. And I was like, this is me. I've painted so many houses. I'm on it. You know, I've got all the qualifications. Like, no one has qualifications in painting houses at uni. (laughs) So I rang up. And the person at student job search has to determine whether you're a good candidate before Mm. they give you the thing. And so I rang up, and they were like, you know this is for painting a house. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I've, I've, that's what I used to do like every summer holidays would go. So then, but then he was fine. He was like, okay, cool. You sound like you know what you're doing. And he like, I guess the people he'd ask, had like questions, like trick questions to ask, like interview questions. So he goes, what, what do you do before you do anything when you paint a wall or something? And so oh I had to give him this long as like overcompensating. I was like, well, first you've got to wash it with sugar soap and then you've got to sand it and then you've got to make sure you get the primer right and stir it, blah, blah, blah. And then he was like, oh, uh, I don't actually know the answer. But oh, my God. Yeah. And I was like, well, why what? did you ask? He was, well, they were allowed to give you questions to ask and I didn't think you would know the answer. I was like, anyway, so then he gave me the number and I called up and they were like these young, like young guys. Mm. And when they answered, and I was like, oh, I'm just calling. I got your number from student job search, blah, blah, blah. And then 
just immediately before asking any questions, he just goes, oh, sorry, we're actually looking for a guy. <gasps> and I was like, oh, well, you didn't say that on the ad. You just said you needed someone who knew how to paint rooms. And I know how to do that. And he goes, oh, and no, I just think it's more of a guy's, wow. more of a guy's job. And I was just like, <gasps> okay, cool. See, see you later. Bye. <laughs> and I was just like, are you allowed to do, are you allowed no, to do that? Not. Definitely not. Just, totally illegal. Yeah, and then I was... Let's track these people down. Yeah. And then I think I'm I made... livid. Yeah, I think yeah. I made like a, some sort of Facebook thing because I was always just... <laughs> all my Facebook ads were just complaining about things at uni. So yeah. I made one. And then my cousin from the States commented going, I'm pretty sure you can sue him. And I, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what the legal things of student jobs are. <laughs> it all seems pretty shady to begin with. But yeah, so that was, that was just an bullshit. interesting... Um, because some, some job descriptions will say, like, preferably a guy, and that'll be if it's, like, moving heavy company, lifting, heavy yeah. lifting. Mm. And even then, like, some of those I would just still apply for because there's some really weak guys out there that <laughs> probably applied. So I was like, well, yeah. I think I can that apply for that anyway. Professional javelin throw a metal in chat. Beat they ace. <laughs> but, like, but this one was just, I was like, no, nothing there. Just apply if you have experience. I'm like, all right. Yeah, this it's me. Oh in the fucking God. house. Yeah. And I was also like, I could do it really quickly. For you. Like, I was like, I'm fast and good and, you know, you'll save money. No, just. That's just more looking you for must a possess guy. a penis to hold a paintbrush. Yeah. What if you had done the interview, the like, with one of those, like, voice changer Darth Vader masks <laughs> well, on and been like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and just mm. giving them a big fright. Showing up with my painting mask already <laughs> on so they yeah. can see. It's me. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> So how many years ago would you say that was? That was when I was in my last year of uni, which was 2014. Not that long ago. <laughs> no, <laughs> not, that, not that long, not long no. ago at all. Um, so why? Is, it, is this coming down to some kind of like ruining the banter thing? I, I honestly think that was more, it was like three guys going to paint a house. They need another guy to, you know, go along. Mm. And maybe they were just like, oh, this is going to be weird. I'm going to look after a girl. <laughs> So. Might ble- she might bleed everywhere. And but it happened, like it happened with heaps of things. Like I did one where I cleaned windows and it definitely was not health and safety, whatever. Mm. Um, because it looked like you were going in on the ground floor, but the street was like on a cliff. And so he goes, <laughs> so you just walk out on the scaffolding and you walk oh around God. and you clean all the windows. But when I walked around, I realized I was maybe like six levels up and it was just scaf- it was just scaffolding. And I was like, I don't really like heights that much, but (laughs) I already agreed to do it. And then the guy, you know, when I showed up, because I think the the owners of the building had organized it, but one of the residents just had to let me in. And then I showed up and I was like, just here to clean your windows. And then he looked at me and he goes, are you you sure you're okay with heights? And I was like, I don't think being scared of heights is a gender thing, but (laughs) But but I was like, yeah, fine. <laughs> I was like, mm, yeah, sure. And then I cleaned those windows so fast. Oh, my God. I feel like we could reignite this uh, mad tries to get tradie jobs. It would be good. See what happens. True. I've got a friend who's a carpenter that just had to start her own business because she was sick of being really? treated like a piece of shit by other yeah. tradies. Has no one seen the block? <laughs> I know. Jeez, it's called, it's sort that. of like a double loss as well because my cousin who does work as like a tattoo artist which is one of those professions where you go and you go I have no idea how to do this so there's sort of an immediate respect of like you're doing something that I can't do mm. so whatever but then he worked he went and filled in as like a doing lawns and stuff and he was like man people talk to like their gardeners and stuff like they're pieces of shit he yeah. was just like they have no idea what qualifications I have but if I'm showing up to cut a lawn or just do something in the backyard, yeah. they're sort of just like, meh. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you clearly don't know anything or whatever. Because it's that thing of like, I can pretty much do this myself, but I'm choosing not to. So if you're doing this for a job, mm, yeah. you must yeah. be, you know. And so when Worthless. You, yeah, so then when you have like, and it's sort of the same with painting. Because I did like a couple of those painting jobs for student job search. Mm. And the people would always sort of go, it's pretty, you know, they had that like, I also know what you're doing, but I just have decided to pay you to do it. But yeah. then they'll come in and they're like, what are you doing over there? <laughs> well, something that you have to do to paint the room? And they're like, oh, okay, all right, yeah. 
yeah. but it's like there's that sort of dismissive yeah like mistrust yeah sheesh we should bring it back on the rag segment yeah. i like doing those jobs they're good <laughs> when you can get them <laughs> voice changer mate yeah you need. i feel like being told outright you're not allowed yeah yeah that is a real weird <laughs> which is illegal ladies and gentlemen yeah. <laughs> listening to this <laughs> uh unless you require someone with a lot of strengths in your job it's actually illegal to tell someone they can't take a job with you because they don't have a penis Okay, just so everyone knows that and is clear. There's a lesson. There's a lesson. What about watching and reading this month? Does anyone have any good recommendations? Um, I have, oh, I have lots actually. I um, was sick with the flu that everyone else has um, had as well that seems to be going around and felling people at trees. And I um, binge watched a lot of Netflix, as you do during that time. And I watched um, all of Grace and Frankie. Uh, oh. It's uh, um, uh, Lily Tomlin and um, Jane Fonda uh, comedy buddy series about two women whose um, husbands are um, partners and uh, legal partners, um, and in their seventies, they both tell their wives that they are leaving them for each other. So they come out of the closet in their seventies, <laughs> yeah. find love together, and then. The, that's the first episode and the premise is how these two women basically navigate oh. life as single women mm. in their early 70s um, whose whole lives have been defined by their marriages and their children. And it's so freaking good. Right. It's really funny and it's quite sort of deliberately provocative in terms of like you know that people are going to be scandalised by like two women in their 70s like talking about vaginal dryness and sex toys and stuff like that. And it's really great. But then it actually is like quite a beautiful look at female friendships and how women support each other through really tough times. Because it's a comedy, but it's also like super honest about how painful the end of a marriage can be. Mm-hmm. And then the sorts of like questions of identity you have to ask yourself after that. Um, but then it's just got all sorts of like delightful like characters around the edges and lots of like partying and drug taking and Lily Tomlin is just like the greatest actress of all time so yeah I really recommend it it's a, it's an easy watch but it also is a bit of a roller coaster mm-hmm. there are a lot of feels sounds great a lot of post breakup feels yeah. is there more than one season of that now there's like three seasons whoa right it's also the first tv show I've ever seen that really um gives people over the age of like 50 like a mm. sex life do you know what I mean like yeah, I don't These think I've ever are seen that. Really <laughs> honest about it, and they had their sex scenes, and like everyone wow. sort of like looking at dating and and being honest about what sex at that age is actually like, and it's a real celebration of it. And I just thought that was really cool. That's so cool. I was mm. just trying to think of like if I've ever seen anything like that. Yeah, I feel like it's just you know that like the comedy grandma in Adam Sandler movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's like yeah, exactly. It's a dirty <laughs> granny. Yeah. But they're just like regular humans. It's yeah. nice to see on television. What a revelation. Mm. Also, um, the, t- the story of the two men coming out together at that age and having to figure out how to how to be in that world is also quite touching. Yeah. But you sort of find yourself really conflicted because you're kind of angry at them for like lying to their wives for so long. So you kind of can't help but take the woman's side. Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, you're like, but you've been living this lie your whole life because you didn't think you could be <laughs> yourselves. <laughs> anyway. Grace and Frankie yeah. on Netflix now. I've also been watching Glow, which I know oh, you're so a fan good. Of. Mad if you watched Glow. I watched first episode. I enjoyed it. What did you I, think? I liked it. I didn't know what to expect because mm-hmm. um, I had no idea what it was about. Mm. I just saw the lights and the thing and clicked on it. <laughs> the lights and the <laughs> like some sort of pet, like yeah. mm, lights, like a moth. <laughs> um, but yeah, but then I'm kind of worried. Like I try not to start too many shows at once, otherwise yeah. I do that thing of watching like five episodes of every show and never finishing anything. It's quite a short season, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's ten eps or something. Oh god, is it? Oh, it or just means that I just watched them know. in some kind of fever. <laughs> I finished break. the season. I can't even tell you what happened. Yeah. <laughs> but I've enjoyed every step of the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, it makes falling wrestling jokes. look like a lot of fun and like it achievable yeah. as well. Like yeah. when they did that thing where they had to do the flip, yeah, and like obviously that's very hard. And the guy did it, and I was thinking, how oh, these women like they can't do that. Like no one can yeah. just do that when you say do it. But then by the end of that scene, I was like, 
I think I could probably. I think I could probably do that flip. Yeah. <laughs> if someone just pretended to flip me, yeah, I could probably do that. <laughs> it made me have the same like Wonder Woman thing. We have like a physical response to be like, I need to yeah. fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like now, well, or I need really, to learn. Like yeah, it's really a few moves. Weirdly empowering watching them do it well. Yeah. As well, at the end of it, you're just like, fuck yeah. Yeah, I just love the training montages. If you don't know what this is, sorry, we're talking about the show Glow, <laughs> which is um about, is it the first ever, like, televised women's, women's wrestling, wrestling yeah, league? So. Um, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Gorgeous ladies of wrestling oh, in the mid-80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of just about the, the kind of ragtag bunch of women assembling under... Mark Maron's. Oh, <laughs> Mark Maron playing himself. Playing himself, <laughs> I think. <laughs> And uh, it's just, it's quite an easy watch, I think. It it's is not, quite an easy watch. It's not too dark. The documentary that it's sort of based on, well, there's a documentary about the people that it's based on, I guess, yeah. which is also called Glow. And I think that's on Netflix too. Quite different from the TV series. Mm. A lot of people are like, it's so much better than the TV series. But they're always going to be completely different things because the characters are totally different. Mm-hmm. But the documentary is also amazing. I, I definitely recommend it. And you've got a book with you, Leone. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, book club. I um, have read... Um, Holly Walker has um, done a book for um, Bridget Williams Books Texts. It's called The Whole Intimate Mess. Um, the BWB texts are sort of like a series of um, quite short um, books that Bridget Williams does... Um, Sometimes they're um, chapters from like a bigger, fancier book that they've released. They're always nonfiction, um, and they they put them out quite regularly. They're a really great idea. I just think that Bridget Williams herself is actually a bit of a publishing genius because there's like quite a few publishing book publishing companies of a similar size to hers that have just all died over the years. But she's just got like major hustle and is really innovative. I think. So I think the the BWB text was like a really amazing way of like saving her publishing company, basically. Um, So the latest one that's just come out is by Holly Walker, who's a former Green MP. Um, It's called The Whole Intimate Mess, Motherhood Politics and Women's Writing. And basically Holly Walker um, left uh, her role as an MP to concentrate on her family. And she also at that time decided that she would only read books by women for a year. So the book itself is sort of talks about, uh, I guess, what she she learned from doing that, um, and the way in that she sort of reset the world, I guess, in terms of thinking about, um, you know, what what it is that she looks for in a writer and um, the the priorities, I guess, that she's always had. But it's also quite a <coughs> sorry, like an amazing story about like her life and mm. motherhood and like super messy and she writes about it really well it's really cool so i recommend that to people who how do you get that book (laughs) (laughs) where do books come from what is book i think you order them on the bridget williams website actually they're really cheap they're really small Mm -hmm. like i've read two of these bridget williams texts in like one sitting before because they're quite short whoa are that so is that a chap like this is a full this is a full-length oh, okay. thing that they yeah. put out. I mean, essentially they're mini novels or long essays or essentially, you know, that's how short they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Have you got anything else to recommend, Mad? Um, I need some holiday reading. I was very late on um, the Joan Didion train, mm. but I had, I ordered, I went on like a frenzy a few months ago. And ordered, I think, maybe all of her books and all of Nora Ephron's books. And now people walk into my room because they're the only books that I have just because I moved recently. And Mm. they think that, like, I only read (laughs) feminist essays. (laughs) But they're both sort of just examples of women writing one in a time when, like, it was sort of not as common for women to have opinion, strong opinions about things and yeah. write about them. Mm. And two, being very much for a cause, because they both wrote through the, um, oh, I'm going to get this wrong, third wave feminism? Second. Second, second. M- maybe both. That, that era. Um, and were huge sort of 
leaders but also weren't afraid to criticise certain aspects, mm. which mm-hmm. did not go down well at the time. Mm. But when you read it now, you go, mm, this is very balanced. You know, like... Yeah. Um, yeah, there's one by Nora Ephron that I can't remember. I think it's just called At the Women's Convention, where they had, they had this big idea to organise this huge women's convention that was going to sort of be organising the movement, getting everything ready. And she went to it all excited and I think she was supposed to write about how great it was mm. and sort of just realised that actually it was just a whole mess. Oh, no. And, like, a lot of movements was not organised well and people was there's a lot of political sort of, like, certain leaders wanting to get ahead of everyone else and things like that. And she wrote that and it just got absolutely slammed. You know, she was sort of like, well, you're not. Yeah, bad feminist. You don't, yeah, you don't yeah. want to be part of this, this and this. So, but I thought I really liked reading that because... If, if you're reading it with like a level head or whatever, you can see that she is ultimately trying to be like we should, we should be doing better. You know, we should be doing this and yeah. this. But mm. but if you're sort of sort of already a little bit angry or whatever, it does read like she's just going. These women can't organise a convention, you know. So. <laughs> So what you're no. saying is the Twitterati has existed <laughs> oh, yeah, for a Twitter. long yeah. time. No. But she, she wrote a really good one. There's one, there's a few that are available online and her essay about breasts is one of my favourite pieces of writing ever. So oh, I suggest... I think you lent me that book that that's in, maybe. I would suggest that you uh, Google search Nora Ephron <laughs> breasts. Um, <laughs> it's a great Google. I'm doing it now. Um, I think that was the first, which was quite brave, she had a column in Esquire... And it was the first, she was the first woman to have a column. And her very first column was an essay all about boobs. Nice. Because um, it was a predominantly male readership. But it's very good. I really liked it. Cool. Um, yeah. I haven't read much in my Ephraim. It's, uh, she's, she's one of those people that I've been meaning to get around to for a long time. I've basically been trying to imitate her <laughs> since <laughs> I read her books. And uh, it does not, it's not been going well. <laughs> Hey, she's never produced a podcast. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, we have a horrible story that came out today, but I don't even know if I want to talk about it because I feel like I'm in a good mood now. Roll. Roll. Uh, roll. Roll. This is the the Lions. We're in Auckland and um, some of their fans in a kind of a mob yelled horrible things at some very young gymnasts from the ages of 12 to 16 in Kingsland who were mm. doing like a public art performance. And um, it's not really a surprise to anybody, I think, apart from, you know... Apart from everybody. Well, <laughs> it's kind of... Yeah, I don't know. It's I'm just... I'm, I don't want to bring it down. Uh, <laughs> but it was a disgusting, horrible yeah. thing. And I, I hate don't... Hate to the spin-off and read about it. Hate to yeah. the spin-off and read about it. I also don't want to put it all on the Lions and the Lions fans. And I don't want the story to do that because I do think that is something that everyone is responsible for. And yeah. I think New Zealand also has a massive problem with... Toxic masculinity and and street harassment and all those things, but um, having but it is that, easier to imagine people away from home exactly misbehaving, being a more bit unleashed. Because, you know, those girls are our girls, so I can't imagine that the Kiwi fans were as as terrible as. I mean, the story basically says it was mostly people dressed in red. Yeah, mm. but does. as you say, you can't blame it just on Lions fans. It has sort of um, brought out. Which, I mean, you're sort of aware of. Anytime you're going to do an opinion piece or criticising a certain thing, you have to be so careful with the language because if you say mm. one thing and it sort of comes across how you didn't, you know, how you hadn't meant it, mm. people just sort of mm. jump on that and forget the rest of it. And yeah. so with this one, people are jumping on one. It was all Lions fans, so it's yeah. get them out of the country. Someone was like, <laughs> register them as sex offenders. <laughs> all Lions and then, fans. Um, and then the other thing is rugby. People are like, well, this is what you get with rugby. But it's like, right, right. I think, it's you know. It's bigger than both of those yeah. things. And yeah. But people are going, well, it's rugby. It's just rugby. It's just rugby. <laughs> rugby is. And the woman who wrote it, I think, more correctly identified it as being a problem with drinking mm. as well as, mm. you know, horrible misogyny. But. Yeah. We, uh, I want to move on to sporting success. 
with hey. women because I know Leona, you had a shout about this on the couch the other day about. Oh, I just well, love look, a freaking ticker tape parade. The America's Cup <laughs> parade for another male tomorrow. sports team, <laughs> and we just have so many amazing women that like regularly win international competitions, and they they never get a parade. Never get a parade. And what's interesting is that. That is one of those things, you know, people are like, people just don't watch women's sports, yada, yada, yada. But <laughs> things like the Olympics, where people don't seem to care that there are women competing. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, every medal weighs the same. So exactly. we're gonna Yeah, but everyone loves parades for some reason. So if you chucked on a parade for a women's team, people aren't going to go, oh, that's... It's a woman's team. I don't think I want to. <laughs> I don't true. think I want to join in the fun. That's people true. are going to show up. It's a parade, yeah. you know, and that's just another easy way to kind of slowly edge people true. over yeah. without them realizing it. Parades but, for everyone. But no, it's like sort of just the same, same old. It just seems really arbitrary that it's the, the sailors. I mean, I just, <laughs> I guess it's because I don't really, I didn't watch a single race mm. and it didn't mm. even really touch my world. I think I yeah. maybe, I, maybe the marketing wasn't that good this year or something, but it really, I know, yeah. I know people watched it, but it did not seem to be that big a deal. And as a sport, I don't consider it like one of our big national pastimes. Even though I grew up in Devonport, where everybody sails, like I still don't <laughs> think of yeah. it as like a big national pastime. Yeah. So why do they keep getting parades? Well, that's what people are saying. They got to put more money into sailing so we can get kids into sailing, and you know, oh. more kids need to be sailing. And we were trying. I was talking to Toby about this the other day. We we're trying to figure out why more kids don't sail. And I was like, well, a few of them live near the sea. Yeah. But I was like, well. I was like, it's really expensive. Yeah. And yeah. then the people were going, well. But no, it's not that. You know, like there are costs, <laughs> well, but there no. are. You know, they said there are costs in every sport. But I was like, yeah, but if you go and you want to be a runner. It costs zero dollars to figure out if you're a fast runner or if you're a slow runner. If you want to be good at soccer or basketball, you don't have to spend much at all to figure out if you're shit at basketball. Mm. But you could spend a thousand dollars before realizing that you suck at sailing (laughs) and then you just wasted a thousand dollars. So I don't think people, I don't think parents are going to be like, let's just try it out and see how you go. Stick stick with it, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Well, start a pledge me. Um, Maybe it's the big cup. Like the actual size, everyone loves a big wanting cup. Wanting to see the big <laughs> trophy. True. I don't know. I'm trying true. to trying to push aside, you know, devil's advocate. What if it's not sexism? What if it's not that people just don't really want to pay any attention to women? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, it's not like I think enjoying sailing. Like, there's anything wrong with enjoying sailing. I just, I, it's just weird mm. that it gets so much more public celebration than most other sports, other than rugby and the All Blacks. Mm. Yeah, I think it is also. Rugby's sort of similar as well, but it's like you get to sit at home and watch some good old Kiwi blokes, like being smart and being physically active. You know, like yeah. it's like yeah. the perfect storm of, oh, these guys are doing something. You know, it's all sort of like also this is a practical skill. They know how to sail on the water. Yeah. At, whereas watching even just other sports, it's very much like this is just a sport happening in this arena that no one else knows about if they're outside. Yeah. But mm. this one, you're like, well, they could go and sail across the world if they wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> they could. This is so Kiwi ingenuity <laughs> at its finest with It'd some would be farmers. Ingenuity and literally yeah. billions of dollars yeah. to get there. Um, maybe let's try a parade then. Yeah. We ha- we'll have a, an on the rag parade. The well, thing is, amazing. a women's rugby team. Are they, yeah. Are they going to get a parade? Women's rugby I don't even yeah. know if they've got a news story. I doubt it. They won fucking five World Cups without anybody noticing, so I can't imagine they're going to get a parade anytime soon. They have five parades in a well, row. The thing is, how expensive are parades? Because if they're not getting any funding, then it makes That's sense that they're not going to spend money on a parade. Can we make a parade that is my Mazda Demio <laughs> and a trailer <laughs> driving up Queen Street <laughs> and you two are the only people? <laughs> and we just sit on the back and wave? Yeah, I'm yeah. in. I'm in. I'll go to that. And we'll just have a banner that has the name of every single female athlete and sports team that has won an international <laughs> competition. It. Yeah. It's going to be a really long banner. Someone's going to throw oh, a yeah. tomato gonna have a... <laughs> Oh, my God. Actual tomatoes. Yes. How do these tomatoes appear in my bag? <laughs> in time for me to throw them at that th- sad three-person lady parade. It's not a parade. It's just a car. <laughs> A car driving slowly. Really slowly, <laughs> holding up everybody. 
<laughs> and then they're like, typical woman drivers. <laughs> Can't even drive on the road with a trailer. Never trust a woman with a trailer. Swerving <laughs> your Oh, okay. No, it's good to have a project. <laughs> that can be our project. Uh, let's finish up with the Yas Queens of the Month. Um, who wants to go first? Leonie's looking scared. She's looking nervous. I'm just trying to narrow it down. Okay. See, it's weird because it's like I've really talked through like the TV shows in the book that I've enjoyed the most, and I kind yeah. of just want them to be my Yas Queens. They can be Yas Queens. Okay. Also, my Yas Queen for the month then is Lily Tomlin. She's yeah, such an exceptional, exceptional, <coughs> exceptional <laughs> comedian. Uh, comedian. Comedian. Oh, I have one. Female comedian, yes. To Willa Blakely. Hey. Yeah. Nice one. I have sort of gone backwards by reading the most recent things and not understanding <laughs> what they were about. Right. With like, oh yeah, uh, her son sort of posting his own very good Facebook status about everything and then her mentioning that she wasn't going to apologise and I was like, apologise for what? And I was like, what did she do? And then ah. turns out it wasn't really anything. Um, together. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I was like, surely this is not... Now. Yeah, I was like, surely this is not still a thing that people, A, care about, B, would get angry about or vocal. Mm. But it is. But it is. So, no, she was, yeah. She's cool. That interview she did was amazing. She is so cool. God, she's cool. Every time I see her in public, I remember like I've seen her at like different like kind of like o- like opening night kind of things, and she's always just like having a little dance. Like, she's always just got like a little bit of boogie in her, and I, I love, love that about a person. Yeah, she's just so cool. And yeah, that interview. I think there's like a video as well that goes with it. You can see some of the interview that she did with I forgot her name, the journalist, the Herald, and um, oh. Duh, Duh, something. It's got Duh, a D in it. Henwood. Duh, Henwood and Yeah, we'll put that on our page, actually. That's something something we should be looking to do. And um, that's probably us for June. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks. Thank you to Leonie and Mad yeah, for you. joining me in the boardroom of dreams. Um, meet us at the bottom of Queen Street. Uh, <laughs> we will be doing a three-person parade. It will be happening at the same time sport. as the America's Cup Parade. Yeah. And you we won't know You won't know who's for there for who, yeah. but it will probably be about half and half. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And if you want to sponsor us, please do. We'd really like it. All right. Bye. 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 <laughs>